HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Louisa Kasdan, host of Let's Talk About Food. I recently hosted an exciting live podcast event in Boston and interviewed incredible women entrepreneurs who have received small business coaching from the Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream program. When I was applying to law school and I got in, I said, you know what, I'm still young, let me pivot and go into the food industry and really follow my passion. I was kind of scared. It was a new thing to me. It was like, hey, I don't want me in the newspaper. I just want to be in my room, in my house. (laughs) So that was when I'm like, okay, now that I'm in the local newspaper, I better not disappoint the people that, you know, that have this belief in me. And on the days that you're tired or you feel defeated, just keep going. And 10 people might tell you no, but that doesn't mean that's your end result. You just have to keep going. Hear their stories on Let's Talk About Food, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again to Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream for supporting this episode. Help the people who help Oaxaca. Since 2009, Seconda has been supporting Oaxaca's underserved communities. Almost 5,000 people annually see their lives improved by this Mexican NGO. They've built and stocked six green libraries and four rain harvest hygiene stations, benefiting around 800 children and youth. And they've provided training and business coaching for over 120 female entrepreneurs. And much of that work has been done with the recycler communities that have grown around the garbage dump sites in Zachila. All of that, really, is just the tip of an ever-growing iceberg. They've also supported legislation and implemented localized trainings designed to prevent sexual violence against girls and youth, eliminate child labor, 
forced labor, and violations of labor rights in Mexico's sugarcane and coffee sectors, and address the causes of gender inequality. And their small staff has done all of this without ever having offices of their own. For the past 13 years, Seconda has been hosted within the premises of a local bakery, a very kind gift from a very good corporation. But Seconda now needs their own home. They've acquired a plot of land and found an architectural firm, Sands Pond Architectura, willing to donate their time to develop plans. Now we need to raise the money to make those plans a reality. The cost of these new offices is around $100,000 U.S. They've received a matching grant from 818 Tequila that will cover half of that if we can raise the other $50,000. Seconda has done so much to help so many. We're asking you now to help Seconda. Help them build offices that will enable them to continue their existing work and to expand their programs that make Mexico more just and equitable. Make your fully tax-deductible contributions for Seconda at buildoaxaca.com. That's buildoaxaca.com. And thanks. Bank. I am Chapati One. And this here is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. So Chava, you and I, we were just talking. Yes. Yeah. We Hey, be quiet, Jacob. We were just talking about um, uh, the rules and the regulations and what's right and what's not right and blah, blah, blah. And that brought to mind something that's been in the back of my head for a long time. It's not her. It's definitely <laughs> not hair. It might be moss. So here's the thing. What is, according to the gnome, right? Uh-huh. Gnome 70, which defines what is mezcal. Yes. What is the acceptable range of alcohol by volume? What percentage alcohol? Uh, 36 to 55. Uh, 35, I was right. 35 to 55%. All right. Okay, now. What in the USA qualifies as actual mezcal? Uh, starting at 40 ABV. 40 ABV. Correct. Right. So this is, this, well, I'm going to say unlike most episodes, but in fact, it's like most episodes. Oh. This is what we're going to call a speculative episode of Agave uh, Road no. Trip. No, my, I hate this one. My okay. question to you, I know uh, you no, hate it. So no, the Mexico gets to define... What is and is not mezcal in within Mexico? It, within their own, and within Mexico, they say anything thirty-five percent to fifty-five percent alcohol by volume qualifies as mezcal, ja. and, and they then have a treaty with the USA where the USA says, "Okay, uh, you guys, you recognize that bourbon can only come from us, and we'll tell you what is and is not bourbon, and we'll recognize that uh, you can define what is and is not mezcal." And we'll recognize that and accept that. Mm-hmm. And at some point, something flipped so that in the USA, Mexico was like, well, if it's going to go to the USA, it's got to be at least 40% alcohol by volume. Why? Uh, because it, 
<laughs> uh, hey, you. Uh, maybe the first one will be because that will justify the trip. You have to have at least sort of a more expensive product, and therefore that will justify sending it over, like abroad. Sending it abroad. Well, so uh, I, I think they were trying to protect themselves in the sense that you know, at least in Mexico, a lot of that really low ABB, like the thirty-five low, like ABB stuff, yeah, will be, uh, yeah, like will be even considered among us uh, stuff that 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 is not of the highest quality. So I think, like, just as didn't uh, we just record? I know, ep- I know, I know, I know. I'm like, talk- what do you know? What well, do you know? I know. That contradict we were- yourself now, yeah, or I'm yeah, going to yeah, contradict yeah. you. Wait, I'm trying to imagine how these kids were thinking, and I think that they were like, okay, if at least a company is putting 40 ABB in the drink, it has to be better than just 35. I don't know. I don't know either. And you know, the same thing is true. Of tequila, 35 to 55 in Mexico, but 40% to 55% in the USA. I, you know, I wonder if it's not actually just somebody's error. I wonder if this is not a simple, bear with me here. I like, think about it. You're talking about a bunch of bureaucrats pushing paper around. And I think somebody, somebody in there was like, well, you know, I'm from Oaxaca. We never drink anything lower than 40%. I just, it must be 40%. They didn't even look at the gnome. They just put 40%. That's my theory. Uh, I don't know. No, Lou, I think, I think that's a terrible theory. I I need you to feed me. Okay. So here's another theory. Here's another theory is that uh, in the USA, there are different, um, uh, stages, and I'm not sure what the breaking point is, so this could be complete and utter bullshit. Which oh, is most okay, no, I have a one, but okay, go, go, go. Uh, different, like, taxation uh, rates change at different ABB. ABV levels, and so maybe it was the U.S. saying, okay, well, we'll recognize it, but it's all got to be expensive stuff for our taxation, because it's the TTB, it's the Tax and Trade Bureau. Oh, so they, they thought, like, if we allow 35, 25 tequila, we're not going to be able to well, get... can't be 25, but no, 35, no, no, but... but- 35, like, can oh. we just round it up to 40? Because then it's all going to qualify with this with the same thing. Like, maybe it's oh, that? That is so fascinating. I mean, that that's just like making my wheels turn in, in many, like, what will be, okay, so let me think the other thing. Which is the lowest ABB that you can find in bourbon in the US of A? I don't know. I'm going to look that up. But yeah, keep but, going but, with but, your theory while, while I'm looking but, it up. But, but maybe it's more of a gringo thing that you got, like, you're, internal ways of, uh, you know, define. Oh, oh Java, I think you might have hit something. What? Apparently, it, it has to be 40% ABV or higher. Okay, then there you go. <laughs> there you go. You just want to stop right there. But I wonder if that isn't it. Like, if you think about it, because really, I do believe that it was that negotiation that was, okay, you recognize bourbon, we'll recognize mezcal, and bourbon always has to be 40%. So then somebody in Mexico was like, yeah, 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 we're the same with our mezcal and our tequila. It also has to be 40%. Don't look at our paperwork. Maybe but do you it was think, that? Like, it was also considered to be, I mean, which is super silly because... Uh, ultimately, the, the raw material to make tequila mezcal is way more expensive than the material that you need to use, uh, that you use to make bourbon. But maybe they were like, maybe it's unloyal competition. If you can bring your alcohol at lower ABB, 
And they're like, alcohol is money, guys. So you have to be competing in the same area. Was that the, which side? The bourbon guys, the bourbon guys. The bourbon guys. And maybe, on the other hand, it was the the Mexico guys saying, oh, wait, wait, wait. We don't want to bring in a 35% to compete against your 40% uh, bourbon. Oh, yeah. So maybe it was the other way. So, So they wanted to make shots. And they're like, yeah, yeah they, they were they, fighting they, over who's gonna, yeah, who's yeah. gonna have the bigger shots. Maybe the other thing that uh, that's making Mike Will spinning right now is, and this is so off uh, of 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 this, but why do you think that also internally? The conversation, because, and it is another thing that happened yeah. in our little trip to the one at Hudson Luis Potosi, and you've been finding a lot of evidence in old books about this, that there was stuff that was going down to the 30s to the 20s yep. in ABB. Yeah. But this was single distillation, double distillation. These yeah. were the low wines that were uh, usually reserved for for people with not a lot of money. Uh, I, you, you lost me a bit on that. When you're saying that they were usually reserved for that, are you saying um, that you have evidence of that, or that you no, think no, no, I do? That you sent you sent me a little bit of a of a book that said that. Oh, and that it the, literally yeah, yeah, said yeah, that yeah, in the, the book. The, the low wines. The, were it for, must have said it in Spanish. Yes, and and, <laughs> and it said that low wines were reserved for the workers of the haciendas, and basically it was uh, lower. It was considered to be a lower quality wine, and just given to to the workers in the haciendas when it was that low ABB. So I think I think maybe so maybe it's a classist thing. Yeah, I think we've been carrying a lot. Of, I mean. <laughs> The the one story we always tell about mezcal is how it carries a classic stigma on top of it. Yeah, yeah, and how yeah. it was able to overcome it, uh, but maybe it hasn't been able to overcome it after all. Maybe not. You know, the other thing because we're only at eight minutes. The other thing oh, that, that I'm thinking about now, as you're talking about all these books I've been pulling up, is how often I'm finding references to things that no longer exist or or rarely exist. Let me put it that way. Extremely often. Yeah, like one of the things that keeps popping up is I'm looking at these articles and books from the 1800s, right? Mm. The early 1800s is how often you had these tequilas specifically that um that are basically curados with almonds. Or tequilas that are curados with oranges. Or all sorts of things. Yeah. And I was over at Binnie's uh, the other day here in Chicago um, and looking in the tequila section to grab some uh, some bottles from uh, from our friends at El Bandito Yankee. I was um, I was in there looking for the bottles and I, I, as I was str- like streaming through the aisle, I found a bottle of the almond stuff that's brought in what? commercially. What? Like, like, I found one commercial bottle of, I, I, I want to say it was called Almondrado, but I know that's not right. So like Amaretto with uh, meets tequila. Yeah, basically, and it says even on the bottle, made with tequila. It's, it's yeah, it's like, it's tequila Amaretto. How would oh, you say that in Spanish? Amaretto. Uh, no, 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 but it was like Almondrado or, it was definitely. Almendrado, yeah, yeah, Almendrado. Almendrado, yeah. But, but I haven't seen any of the orange stuff, but it, like, it's it's interesting that, Clearly, before they were trying to commercialize it worldwide, because these are, you know, early 1800 stories, they were doing this experimentation that now when you were, if you were trying to release it on the market, people would say, well, that's not traditional. Well, and, and you know, I, I told you that yesterday, I'm sitting at your house right now and you have a bunch of magazines laying around. Yeah. So you go to bed at nine and I have- And you read. And I, I, <laughs> you, I start you, reading yeah. around, yeah. So I, I pull out this uh, this magazine that's dedicated to vinegar. Uh, what's the name of the magazine? F Magazine? I think it's just F Magazine. Correct. Yeah. It's a fascinating stuff. And 
I, I went through the through a whole article about the denomination of origin in vinegar, uh, and and a production site in Italy. Right, uh, a specific kind of vinegar. Vinegar correct. is not a do. But, yeah, 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 yeah. A specific kind of, of vinegar in in Italy, and they were describing the process of how all the research that had to be made in order to justify their do, and how they went into a lot of tax papers they went into a lot of like okay this is how we used to do it this was how it was first consumed there was even a story about how napoleon stole some vinegar from some <laughs> old castle in italy you know, so they made all this historical research in order to say these are the guidelines that we think should regulate this specific expression and when you go into the mexican nom the the, re- the historical research behind it it's not necessarily <laughs> there and I, maybe I, I can't it, think of any you know and this is just off the top of my head but i can't think of anything that actually refers to anything historical correct in any part of the gnome you do see you do it does say like pechuga is acknowledged because it was first referenced actually it's not pechuga uh well because that's not in the gnome but keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, or avocado. There it's, you go. <laughs> uh, it's 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 uh, it's accepted because it it was first found in this document, and this was the way the traditional first recipe that was found followed these guidelines or these ways of going about it. And even if we know that this might be not historical, we see like there's no documentation about this. Blah 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 blah. There's no bibliography. Oh, that is so interesting. It makes it makes me want to uh it makes me want to take about a month to hang with you and just rewrite the gnome as it would look if you did that. Like in terms of how it would change the content and what the references would be. I, I think, you know, like I would I, I will prefer not just to do it with you. I will <laughs> <laughs> You want to do it with some people who are educated. I I don't take this as an offense, but I would love I mean if if we could find a way on sitting down which with uh, with uh, one person of each state, yeah. Like and and you know think about like historian, a producer, a journalist, a uh, and just yeah, sit yeah, yeah. down and and go state by state. Let's not do one do for the whole mezcal right. in one shot. Right, right, right. Let's first try to be tackling state by state and be like, how will the do look for Durango? God, you know that sounds awesome, but I also know that. Like you're so far behind, even on your expense uh, reports, that we're never going to get that done. I know, I know, but but <laughs> but I know we are not going to. But I think if we were to give this task to someone, someone is uh, in 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 different states, maybe maybe that can be done. Okay, if you're interested, sign up. Send <laughs> us send us a message through agaveroadtrip.com, and you can rewrite the gnome. <laughs> and what we're going to do? How we're going to publish it? Uh, we're going to publish it on our website, and we're going to declare I, martial that's not, law. That's not enough. Wait. It's not enough. We'll give it to Alberto. He'll figure out something to do okay, with it. Cool. I'm, uh, I'm good with that. Okay. So I guess uh, that's the end of the episode. I guess that is it. <laughs> Hasta pronto, Java. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. 
you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media, so if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.